It might get loud. It might light a fire within you. It's all hands on deck. Now, for your listening pleasure, 94.9 News Now presents Mean Chet Martin, the Long Island redneck Brian Bro, and fearless C.V. Burton. This is Freedom on Deck. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Me and Chet Martin here with you and by my side, the Long Island redneck himself, the New Hampshire redneck, Brian Bro. That's right. Get it and, straight, Jack. And the fearless one himself, Mr. C.V. Burton. What's going on? Oh, everything. Just fantastic. I have some documents I'm shredding here. Um, over at the Biden compound, we've got, uh, <laughs> we've got, I just want to get into some of our great guests today. Uh, it's going to be pretty interesting in the middle side of the guests on segment four, we have the council general of Poland in New York coming on Adrian Kubicki. The reason I'm bringing him up first is I know a lot of our listeners are going to be ticked off because he is coming on to promote the tanks that were given to the Ukraine. Now, my job is to interview with the guests when they ask to come on. So I'm not going to crucify him, guys. I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash because I'm just asking the questions. So I'm warning you all right now. Uh, <laughs> save, save the hate mail for, <laughs> save the hate mail for uh, somebody else. We have Hayward Gatch coming on as well. And he's going to be talking about that situation that erupted in Atlanta with Antifa. And Paul Sutliff from Civilization Jihad and from the Sutliffian Report coming on with us, too. And I'm going to get right into this, guys. Speaking of documents, Brian, federal agents found more classified documents at Joe Biden's home in Willington, Delaware, providing once again that the country's in better hands now that the adults are back in charge, reading from the New American Magazine right now. Having obtained batches of classified papers is not a good look for Biden, who presented himself as a model of providing and sober judgment, sober judgment, as one reason to vote for him. Indeed, just weeks ago, he called President Donald J. Trump irresponsible for storing classified documents at Mar-a-Lago, the former president's sunshine state home. The adults might be back in charge, but they aren't good enough at auditing, apparently, to remember what they stashed at all the secret documents they took from government officials offices, rather, sorry, through the years, or at least one adult isn't, and that would be Joe Biden. The federal gumshoes found the documents during a search to which Biden agreed. A search warrant wasn't necessary, but that did not dim the extraordinary nature of the search. It compounded the embarrassment to Biden that started with the disclosure of January 12th that the president's attorneys had found a small number of classified records at a former office in the at the Penn Biden Center in Washington shortly before the midterm election. Since then, attorneys found six classified documents in Biden's Willingham Home Library from the, the time as vice president, the Associated Press reported. And now the second uh, trove of documents also found out in Delaware, Brian. This, this stinks to high hell. This is the third batch of documents that they've found. Now you have certain Democrats coming out, as uh, Joe Manchin said, that's a complete embarrassment to the United States of America. Those are hard words coming from a Democrat. I know Mr. Manchin is uh, kind of centrist, but there are Democrats now coming out and they are finding more documents. Brian, do you think that this is a concerted effort to take down Joe Biden and get him out of office so the Democrats can try to run someone else? Well, I mean, you know, you, you, they always tell you what they're going to do before they do it, right? And didn't didn't when Nancy Pelosi was talking about enacting the Twenty Fifth Amendment? Remember when Trump said it w it won't be for me; it'll be for Joe. Right. I mean, it, you know, th th those words just ring in my mind and in my memory. Um, and I think that's I think that is exactly what they're trying to do. You know, it just it's just oh too convenient. After the midterms, they don't need the guy anymore. He's a lame duck anyway. He, you know he's not going to run again. Even if he tried to run again, he would just get demolished with everything that's going on. So, it, you know, it, I I really just find it it's 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 the convenience of it at this particular time just stinks to high heaven. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. CV 
uh, third batch of documents. How many more are going to come? Uh, when is it going to be that the media finally says what Donald Trump did was absolutely okay and perfect in any way and what Joe Biden's doing here is not because he didn't have the ability to do so? Okay, well, there's so many things to take apart here. Uh, one, I don't think uh, the documents were planted just to get rid of Joe Biden. I think Joe Biden is just so crooked enough. I think he was told by the CCP, because he's compromised, to take the documents because that's what they're paying him for. That's what they're paying uh, Hunter for. You know, Hunter's paying uh, was paying $50,000 a month to stay at the very house where those documents were found. Why, yes. why was he paying $50,000 a month? Because he was paying... It's called laundering. It's Chinese money going from him to his dad, you know, for the use of his name, for the use of his position. And he's a grifter. And then um, I do believe that the raid on Mar-a-Lago was to make the uh, the Biden docs look less uh, bad, for lack of a better word. And it was hidden before the elections. It, they knew about the, the Joe Biden documents. And keep in mind, the doc, one document could be a thousand pages. Just because it's called a document doesn't mean it's like one page of a document. You know, it, one document is like a thousands of pages. So they found crates and crates and crates of documents at Joe Biden's house. Where he had no right to have. And I believe that he was compromised by the CCP to take those documents. And I believe Mar-a-Lago was raided to make him look less bad. And I think they hid the FBI hid this information ahead of the elections on purpose. Once again, putting their thumbs on the scale. We'll be getting more into his son renting. And as you said, the, the, the reason that the rent was so high, uh, you know, that that wasn't going towards his crack habit, I don't think, or or his prostitution habit, or right. his ha habit of running around on the beach naked with his niece, or, or any of that stuff. But it, it, CV makes a great point, Brian, and I, I didn't even think of this. The Mar-a-Lago raid happened after they knew that Joe, because they knew before the uh, midterms came that they had they had all these this documentation that they had found in Washington. So prior to letting the media run with the story, they had to go raid Mar-a-Lago first. It makes absolute perfect sense uh, that they kicked the door in at Mar-a-Lago when Donald Trump wasn't home, and the media was there waiting to report on the situation. It totally shows a setup job. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then you have the likes of, uh, you know, what is it? Dick Durbin or whatever, you know, you know, saying <laughs> dirty day. <laughs> yeah. Dirty day. Say, 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 sitting there saying, oh, you know, it's, you know, it, it, it's not good what, what Joe, you know, what's, what's, what, what Joe did, but you know, it's still not as bad as Trump, you know? And it's like, mm -hmm. are you kidding me? It's the exact same thing. Hillary had a server in her, in, in her Chappaqua, uh, you know, home, um, violate right in, in the bathroom was like a closet or nook or something, you know, like it, 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 you know, all these things, they all do it. You know, Bush did it. Uh, you know, Obama did it. Hillary does it. I'm sure Bill does it. I, 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 all of these people, um, you know, violate things and, uh, cross lines that they're not supposed to when they take, these oaths of office, they know very well. They're briefed. It's like it's like being briefed when you when you're in the military and you're going on a mission. You know what I mean? Like they brief you to every do's and don'ts that you can and cannot do. So you know, so it's it, so f f for Joe to have these, and he left office as the vice president six years ago. So, yeah, yeah. so you're yeah. telling me in six years, in six years, he, he couldn't have gotten those back. Okay. They, they were all over Trump from the minute he left the office, you know, the, the, the yeah. national archives were up his rear end yep. trying to get back those documents of which he turned around and, and, and basically his argument between his attorneys and the National Archives and the Homeland Security and all that was that I declassified these documents. You know what I mean? These these are not classified documents because before I left office, I declassified them. And once again, Mike Pence comes out to save Joe Biden's ass. You notice that? Oh, look, I'm the, yes. I, I was the vice president too, and I also have 
declass I mean uh classified documents in my house. And he do- and he does and 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 he's being now looked at. That's not going to hurt Trump. Who what Mike Pence does? So no, Mike Pence He's trying to say inside the closet. He's not he trying he's not trying to hurt Trump. He's trying to save Biden again. I under no, I know what right. he's it's trying the, it's to do. It's the falling on the sword. It's just like it's just like taking his taking yeah. his little uh, you know his little Freemason challenge coin when when he when he certified the vote. You know what I mean? And and he, he got he got he got his he got his he got his uh, his ten shekels of, of yeah. silver. He can't he can't hide the closet anymore, Mike. <laughs> I've I've said that Mike Pence was an in the closet. For close yeah. to four years, I know he's un- in yeah, the Mike, closet. Mike, we know you're gay, so so uh, you don't have to be compromised anymore. Yeah, you're his not. Wife's we, we his you wife's a man. His wife's a man. We saw you dressed up as the village people. We saw that picture. <laughs> All right, let's. It's, it's, it's let's, a man, man. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna come back. We're talking Hunter Biden next. Don't go anywhere. Freedom on deck, ninety-four nine news now. Here we go. news now and stimulating talk after this segment we have three interviews in a row hayward gatch then we have the consul general of poland in new york adrian kubicki and paul sutliff so it's going to be an interesting sandwich of guests there one no more interesting than the other i'll tell you that much in a mid-january hello blue broke out about an application from Hunter Biden signing in 2018 to seek a rental in California listed the address on his driver's license to Joe Biden's house in Willington, Delaware, the same house where they just found classified documents. CV brought this up last segment. The form also suggested that the monthly rent on his current residence was $49,000 a month. Uh, the first joke to coworkers was how high was Hunter when he filled out this form? It sounds ridiculous. He was paying forty nine thousand a month in rent for a residence. When uh, conservatives started asking questions about why Hunter Biden was paying almost fifty thousand a month at his father's house with classified documents in the garage, you could be confident the liberal fact checkers would leap to defend the Bidens, and they did. Politifact and the Washington Post. Each went after Fox News, The Daily Caller, and other conservative journalists for jumping to conclusions when they wanted no conclusions. You can easily find that PolitiFact has never evaluated any statement from the mouth or the pen of Hunter Biden. Glenn Klessler at The Post countered 30,000 false or misleading statements from Donald Trump, but he doesn't Count Biden lies in all defense of Hunter Biden and no offense. Straightening out Hunter's bizarre and erroneous application is important. It turns out that the 49000 monthly rent figure was quarterly amount at the House of Sweden, building in Georgetown, just across Rock Creek from the Kennedy Center. For his influence peddling with the Chinese, the fact checkers didn't note Hunter repeatedly lied on the document, including when he was asked if he's ever been convicted of a crime or had a charge expunged from his record. In 1988, Hunter was arrested for drug possession and the record was expunged. Now Joseph Simpson and Andrew Kerr at the Washington Free Beacon found some additional details. Hunter had directed his assistant, Katie Dodge, to fill out the form and gave her only 45 minutes to complete it. Then there's the big twist. Hunter Biden was attempting to aid another dissolute Biden, his cousin Caroline, the daughter of Joe's brother James. We all know James. He's also a uh, a convicted, convicted felon. The rental apartment for Caroline, who pleaded guilty in 2017 to buying more than $100,000 worth of makeup with a stolen credit card. She wanted to serve her probation in California. She would also fail the never-been-charged question. The application was not approved. On top of that, Carolyn Biden would accept 
a job there from a Biden donor with an $85,000 a year salary with a guaranteed 10% bonus and stock options. She called that below minimum wage in California after taxes and demanded, I can't even read this, it's too out there, a job for no less than 180,000 pampered heirs in the Biden family. It's not surprising they supported each other. Text message from the laptop showed Carolyn repeatedly referred to Hunter as her partner in crime and complained our family's sick and she had no relationship with the nuclear family since the majority of my family thinks I'm nuts. The uh, the if you're considered nuts <laughs> in the Biden family, you've got issues. In one in, in one reply, Hunter told Carolyn not to worry about the job thing. You're crazy. I'm crazy. The two crazies make double the cray. I guess it'll be fun. Just blow up the house and rob banks together. Oh wow, that that's actually a that's coming from <laughs> Hunter Biden's documents in the text messages sent over. Now, Brian, this is all coming from the Daily Signal. They published all the text messages that went back and forth between Hunter and Carolyn and the times where they were both renting. This is just unbelievable. The fact of the matter is, CV's absolutely right. This is at the same time when, when Hunter was uh, basically funning, funneling in money from the CCP. He had a hold of all these documents, was living in this uh, this place where all the documents were found. It only makes sense that somehow this could have gotten into the hands of our enemies. Well, I mean, at least he's got one thing right. He, he is very versed at robbing banks. Yes, that's true. <laughs> They just happen to be Chinese ones. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, is it is it is it uh, something to worry about? Absolutely. Can, give me a break. Could you imagine if it came out that Donald Trump had these things stored, you know, in the garage next to his sixty-something Corvette? Yeah, man, I'm so cool. Uh, you know, and 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 his kids had access. His delinquent kids had access to these documents. Uh, you know, uh, it's just nuts. It's absolutely nuts. I mean, somebody should be going to prison. Um, and you know, they'll say the same thing about Trump, but it's not the same um, because Trump was just out of office. And had declassified those documents. That's the difference. But and nobody, here, and nobody else had their hands on them. The his crackhead right. son had access and, to the documents that he wasn't uh, supposed to be clearing anyway. Well, the last time I checked, you know, his Wilmington home was not a compound that had secret service right. all over it like Mar-a-Lago right. is. Right. See, Mar-a-Lago was a government facility that was purchased, you know, that Trump mm -hmm. purchased. Hello? Absolutely. You know, things Absolutely. like like armed uh, armed security everywhere. Right. It's you know what I mean and and they were in a secured locked storage facility on the premises. Not to mention know, the, the, a garage. You know, the, the, the language being used, CV, in this article that's coming directly from Hunter Biden uh, with his cousin is very disturbing because they're basically they're basically talking about what they're doing and how they're making money over fist by lying. And and they don't seem to care that they're talking about their their father in that way as he's the vice president at the time. It must it's sick. It must be nice for Democrats to be able to act with impunity and do anything you want and even brag about it and even rub it in your face and know that they're not going to be charged or prosecuted at all. And wasn't it Adam Schiff who said that Donald Trump Jr. is going to jail <laughs> for no yeah. for nothing, for talking to a, uh, yeah. for talking to a Russian who uh, was sent there to make Trump look bad in the first place. It was a setup. And he's going to go, he, he's supposed to go to jail for that. Meanwhile, it was about about adoption, adopting children. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. Uh, Hunter is paying fifty thousand dollars a month in Chinese money <laughs> and Ukraine I money. Know. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. so it's it's all about laundering, and it's it's a sad state of affairs. When are the Democrats going to be? prosecuted when is the full weight of the law going to be applied to democrats when Never. when when
<laughs> Never. I, I guess not. This is ridiculous. Have you watched The Godfather? Yeah. One day, Michael, I want you to be, I want you to be a governor, Michael. Just like the Democrats, and then we don't, we, we don't have to lie so much. They lie for us. That's <laughs> so true. I'm smart, it, it, these... not like they say I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart, not dumb, not like they think. <laughs> this, and this is exactly, you, you know what? It's a great parallel, too. Joe Biden is Fredo. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. he gets in front of the, oh, well, I'm smart. Wait, I took that uh, was... not, like they, not like Trump says. Yeah. <laughs> take him out in the backyard and, and, and take him behind the stands and punch him in the mouth. Yeah. Wait, wait, I thought that was, I thought Chris Cuomo was the, it was Fredo. <laughs> <laughs> he is, There's a lot of Fredos on the Democrat too. side, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, there's a ton of Fredos. It's the, it's the party of Fredo. <laughs> You know, I was too stupid to know that I was uh, throwing my own brother under the under the bus. Is and that the same cousin the that you were reading about? The same cousin that he walks around naked, smoking pot in front of? No, that was his. That was his niece. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, his cousin is too old to be doing that. With. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. You got it all wrong, CV. That, that was his niece. <laughs> I'm sure he does it in front of that nieces. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. He, I'm sure he's probably he's, he's in that family. They're probably kissing cousins, if you know what I mean. Oh, I'm sure they're certainly kissing something. They're kissing the Chinese red asses. Oh yeah, that's for damn sure. This is an embarrassing. You know, this is an embarrassing state of events. This this administration is so directly against the interests of the United States of America, it's pathetic that anyone at all can defend them. It is sickening. Every day it's something worse. The the blood money that comes in for Joe Biden and his despicable son and his brother and all the other miscreants in that family should be looked at and dissected and told to the American people every single Saturday here on Freedom on Deck. I got Hayward Gatch up next. Then we have Adrian Kubicki and then Paul Sutliff and then me and the guys will be back to end it. Don't go anywhere. Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. It's been a while since we've had Mr. Hayward Gatch on the program, but he is on the line right now. Hayward, how have you been, man? Doing all right, Chet. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Well, you had a call in with Mr. Lee Elsie on Thursday, and I got to be honest with you, the story, I, I wasn't as familiarized as, as you were with it, but as looking into it, it's a riot that took place in Atlanta Sparked by a police shooting of a protester, uh, which which resulted in the death of Manuel Esteban uh, Tehran. Authorities have stated this was due to Manuel shooting and injuring a state trooper. Six individuals were arrested and charged with felony acts of terrorism, first degree arson. On Monday, they were granted a $355 bail bond. And also the what's going around on the wire now is that police body cameras were shut off. Now, the discussion comes into the uh, community, the Atlanta community, having these issues again once more with riots breaking out over police uh, altercations with a protester. I know you've been following this. What is your thinking behind all this? I know you were saying... Um, this has a lot to do with the training facility that's inside of Atlanta that the residents didn't want. So how did this all start? And um, just give me a background on what you think happened here. 
Yeah, I'll try to condense it just as much as I can. So with this story, for about the past two years, the Atlanta City Council and the Atlanta Police Foundation, which is separate from the Atlanta Police Department, this is a private fundraising organization that seeks uh, corporate donors to help donate more money to the police department. They're also sort of an advocacy group, have been trying to install what they call a public safety training facility. Uh, other people see it more as a training facility for uh, counter uh, counterinsurgency and counter protest movements. And this idea is bolstered due to the fact that the place has a simulated urban environment. And a lot of people seeing the trajectory of uh, state power expanding start to wonder, well, you know, 20 large police departments around the country support this place being put in. Maybe they want a place to train in order to crush the dissent that they will be asked to crush in the future. And so a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. Um, the other thing that ends up happening around this is the location that it's being put in is in DeKalb County, which is outside of Atlanta proper. And the tricky thing is DeKalb County has no representation on the city council of Atlanta. So you can see this as a situation where a large and powerful city is forcing their will on a smaller jurisdiction that does not have the legal authority to stand against them. With that said, we have uh, the call-in period. The official call-in period for the Atlanta City Council meeting for the decision was 17 hours of phone calls. Over 70% opposed this being put in. And the uh, local um, group surveyed the people in DeKalb County and found in the high 90 percentages of people not wanting this facility built in their town. So that sort of brings in this difficult rub of when the government wants to do something and people wanting that not to occur. So two years of people trying the official approach, two years of people saying we're going to petition, we're going to write signs, write in campaigns, vote this and that. Uh, unfortunately, none of those uh, did anything to sway the will of the corporate-backed Atlanta City Council, because as I said on Lee's show, this facility is not being built for the purpose of training government officials how to listen to people. That's quite the opposite of what this place is being put in for. So eventually they start calling in people to come from all over the country because this is usually how uh, what they call land defense actions work. If all of the official channels for uh, pursuing their goals are exhausted, they start to move to different tactics. And this happens in any sort of situation where if a protest movement starts to get crushed on, it starts to take more uh, militant tactics. And so you start seeing occupations of this forest that's slated to be clear cut to make room for this space. You see people starting to uh, conduct sabotage operations. You see people starting to dig in and create community gardens and establish an autonomous zone in this space as a means of trying to slow down this this facility being built in hopes of for the long term they decide to put it somewhere else or the the corporate sponsors decide that it's not worth their money and do it somewhere else so that's how this process was going until the past few months where raids on the on the on the zone have increased quite a bit because they have decided to not comply with the orders of the local government because they view them as having overextended their authority and forcing an unpopular uh, project on an unwilling population. So folks have put their bodies on the line to stop this. And with the raids happening, the, um, the sort of escalating cycle of violence that happens when any movement starts to get cracked down upon happens because they're presented with a choice. And that choice is do you not resist in, and you are removed from the space and you lose by default or do you make the decision to resist? And my sympathies tend to be with the little people trying to resist against a government uh, squishing their rights because to me there's a precedent being set here what happens when this gets allowed how many more times can this happen what happens when people existing in the woods happen to get terrorism charges what does that mean for all of us not just these little people out in the middle of nowhere when you allow state power to expand you really start to make take risks because eventually this sort of stuff comes comes to bite you oh sure it does. i agree with you on that yeah, and, and so in a more recent raid, um, there was uh, an altercation 
it's, just, it's kind of the same thing that happened at the Bundy Ranch years and years ago when it resulted in people lose, losing their life by the, the FBI coming in and shooting uh, Emin Bundy. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different side of the political football, but it's the same thing. Well, you know, Chet, believe it or not, I do bring up that example quite a bit when I'm speaking to folks that are on the right, because we all sort of have our instances where there's a movement or something that we might see some more legitimacy behind, and in so doing, we support it. But that sort of thing brings up how we're conditioned to see things in a certain way because it might be another side. Right. Here's another, here's another example. Back in 1990, up in Canada, a, the, the township of Oka decided they wanted their golf course to be a little bit bigger. The native Mohawks of Ganesatage said, no, this is our forest. This is our home. This is our land. We will not be moved from this space. Mm -hmm. And they did. They tried to use the, the, the uh, official channels and the government didn't listen to them because it's the natives in Canada. The government in Canada is real good at oppressing folks over there and it's only getting worse. And so you have a situation where the the system failed them because the system isn't built for them. And so what do they do? They use their equivalent of the right to bear arms to build a barricade on the road coming into that space. They had SKSs, AK-47s, all kinds of other rifles ready to go. And the government came in and tried to clear them out. And a firefight ensued. The government forces retreated and they used the uh, construction equipment that the uh, construction company left behind to crush all of the vehicles into a barricade and wall themselves in in an over 90 day siege. This stuff involved like chemical weapons being used on these folks. Journalists were throwing reels of film over the walls to try to get them to the natives and, and vice versa in order to get the story out. And so you have this kind of situation where. In the modern American context, we usually say, oh, people are being violent. People are are doing violent things. Well, who was violent in the first place? Who committed the first offense? Who drove these people to violence by failing to honor their land, their, their rights to the land? So it's so easy for a government to say, oh, these people are being violent. But who was violent first in the situation? Is it violent to use the force of government to drive people out of a space? It's a good point you bring up because, and this, you know, I called in after you with Lee, and and uh, I didn't know all this about the story. I got to tell you, I looked in the Daily Mail, and then I looked through a couple others. They don't, it doesn't even really mention the fact on how this all started. It starts with the shooting of a protester, which is where they start the story from. So it doesn't well, really even get into what it is. So and that's that, how the media always works, Chet. That's that's why I Oh I know, so believe me. Yep. You know, being a person on what is considered the extreme of politics, I've had people around me and myself misrepresented for the entirety that I've been in this political movement. So it's <laughs> and it's not to say that there aren't bad things that occur. But it's, there's more to the story, and if yeah. there's more to the story, you can st start to have a better idea of what's going on. And you have to ask yourself, why am I, why are these details being hidden from me? Maybe it's because this, my sympathies might go in a different direction. That's right. So, so think of, so think about the situation in Canada. They ended up winning, and that forest is still there. But the Canadian government would want to them to, uh, you to think that they are the bad guys, that they are the terrorists. Think about how people would react if Americans decided this space is going to be protected and we're going to use our Second Amendment to protect that space. The media would call them terrorists. The media would call them evil. We'll get you back on it. And me and you have to do a podcast sometime soon so we can have a long, stretched out uh, debate, okay? Time and place, man. All right, man. Hayward Gatch, thank you very much, everybody. That's Hayward. You know him. You hear him every day with Lee Elsie. Don't go anywhere. We have a lot more show to go here on Freedom Monday. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now. we got a pretty big name on the line with us right now. i got to tell you, it, it's always interesting to bring on somebody of such caliber. And we are talking about the Consul General of Poland in New York, Mr. Adrian Kubicki. So on Thursday, uh, it was announced that the United States will be sending 31 battle tanks to the Ukraine, along with Germany, who announced that they would be sending 14 Leopard 2 tanks. 
Are you hoping this inspires more European countries to become involved in giving Ukrainian support with military vehicles? Well, I feel that it was uh, a long-awaited decision of the German government, and I think that uh, many other countries, including Poland, already expressed their readiness to send uh, tanks and other equipment to Ukraine. Uh, we've been actually advocating uh, for Germany to make this uh, milestone a very important step, and we accept it with, uh, with a great amount of gratitude for the understanding of uh, German government and also for uh, finally supporting Poland and other countries' efforts in getting involved with tanks in Ukraine. This is what Ukraine needs right now uh, in order to change the dynamics of the war. Um, and we know that together with this joint effort, we can actually respond to, to the need of Ukrainians and maybe bring some changes that, that are long awaited. The 31 tanks being sent over by the United States is a big step in hopefully getting some stability in the fight back against Russia. Now, I, I've heard, and, and it's only really on social media right now, they're talking about perhaps sending F-16s over uh, through through um through the UN is is that a possibility by the end of this month do you see that moving forward do you think that could be something on the agenda coming up soon Adrian I think uh, we should first of all uh, be very grateful for the moves that have been made yes. and as you see on this example of, of this this tanks the discussions are not easy every country every member of NATO uh, has its own right to have its own perspective on the ongoing uh, ongoing war and the developments of the war. Uh, would we appreciate very much that eventually we are still able as NATO to come to the joint conclusion and the decision of the U.S. administration to provide Ukraine with a significant amount of, of uh, American-made, American-produced tanks proves uh, that eventually when everyone is involved, uh, the uh, effectivity, the, the effectiveness of, of, uh, of what we do in order to support Ukraine is much higher. So I think that any further steps have to go uh, pretty much uh, along the same line, uh, which will be a, uh, preceded by a discussion, uh, internal discussions, uh, probably not the public discussions, and eventually we will come with the conclusions. When and how, uh, it's, it's another subject. But you know what? I want to emphasize uh, that when the war started, some of the moves that, that are being made right now seemed unrealistic. Even sending tanks seemed uh, to be a step too far eventually we're making those decisions. So I should say that uh, we should expect further developments of, uh, uh, of providing other means, new means of, of help, of, of military equipment, weaponry to Ukraine. But when and how uh, and what circumstances is something still to be discussed. And I think the speculation at this point uh, doesn't bring anything to, 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 to the case. Council General of Poland in New York, Adrian Kubicki, on the line with us. Adrian, there's been, there are, there's a lot of people on the other side saying that the problem with all of this is we're not going in to end it. We're stringing it along. Uh, it's going to end up, you know, going for 10, 20 years of conflict. Do you see this as something that could end uh, within the next couple of years if it's done right? Well, first of all, there is this borderline that none of our countries, NATO countries, want to cross. We don't want to uh, uh, jump into the war becoming a, a, a part of this conflict or a side of this conflict. Uh, so uh, we have to restrict our actions to providing all means for Ukrainians to, to proceed to go on with, uh, with pushing back the invaders without crossing the borderlines. So this is the first uh, issue that actually limits the moves that we can make to actually stop this war maybe quicker than uh, than in any other scenarios. Um, on the other hand, do we have other choices? We know that uh, if we leave Ukraine alone, Russia will have eventually, uh, not immediately, because Ukrainians are very brave and they will uh, they will they will be defending their country until the last drop of the uh, of, of the blood. 
but anyway, eventually, uh, we know that Russia has resources to go on with this war for years. If we leave Ukraine alone, uh, we know that Russia is not going to stop on Ukraine. Uh, if that would come as an easy target uh, for for Russia, they will have a hunger hunger for more and and to make the steps forward. Maybe even eventually, uh, hunger for some of the NATO uh, members, NATO countries. And what then? Where is the line where we actually should start being involved and engaged? Um, so, so this is a very complicated discussion, and we obviously listen all the voices that, that are critical in terms of the amount of help that is provided to to Ukraine. But something that we realize as Polish as Polish people being in the center, right at the border, right at the uh, corner of of what's happening in Ukraine, and our understanding is very special. Something that we want to spread here in America is that we really believe that this war is not really uh, exclusively about Ukraine. It's about the uh, imperialistic ambitions of Russia that are going uh, far beyond Ukraine. And this is only a matter of the result of, of the war with the Ukrainians uh, on the Ukrainian soil. Uh, in our best interests, looking long term, is to provide means for Ukrainians as long as they want to fight, because they do want to fight. We don't have to even think of sending our troops. They're ready to fight. They just need the equipment and maybe other means to, to, to fight. And as long as they fight, they also fight on our behalf. Adrian Kubicki on the line. Adrian, I was uh, watching a past interview with you from last year on Newsmax, and you were talking about the refugees, Ukrainian refugees coming into Poland. Is that still something you're seeing at a great level? Has it gone down or has it gone up? What's the situation with refugees num numbers going on worldwide, especially in Poland? Well, a cumulative number um, uh, is roughly about 9 million people who crossed the border from Ukraine to Poland. Uh, but interestingly, most, most of those people decided that at some point along the line decided to go back home, mm. uh, that they're very much committed to actually go back home. That's where they belong. And, and they didn't hesitate for a minute to go whenever they felt it's safe enough to go and actually help support by, by all means support their own country. But still, uh, the net result is about 2 million people still living in Poland, being provided with all the help, access to health system, to education system for, for the kids. Um, uh, but it's only 2 million. Now, the dynamics uh, depend uh, depends on the, uh, on the situation and the development of the situation. Uh, we can still believe that if Russia is capable to proceed with some mass attacks, uh, which could uh, uh, change the dynamics of the war. They, another mass of people might decide to cross the border. So I, I think it's a matter of, of being ready to accommodate them. And we are ready, hopefully, together with our partners. Uh, we exercised something that uh, might be for the future a refugee crisis, something new, a new approach to the refugee crisis instead of locking those people in uh, refugee camps, which is allow them to go on with their lives. Uh, which is mutually beneficial, and, and we're ready to do it again. So basically, uh, the spirit is still there in terms of uh, how Polish people are involved and how they react. Um, as I said, we accommodate right now roughly about 2 million people, but if there is a need to accommodate more, we, we will be ready to do so, encouraging obviously other partners, including United States of America, to to accommodate them as well. With the war, you don't know. It's all. It all depends on on, on the development. And yeah, changes. We hear, we hear some some of the stories that uh, that maybe some intelligence information that maybe Russia Russia is planning another military exercises with Belarus on the border. We know how the uh, exercises, military exercises, ended, uh, drills ended uh, February last year. So we can expect anything at this point uh, and in terms of refugees we must be ready to provide help to those people whenever they they call us and need it the council general of poland in new york adrian kubicki tell everybody where to go and check you out i'm available on twitter i'm available on instagram but we also have our channels the consulate website has all the websites and links how to support poland in helping ukrainians but also how to support ukrainians the vocal. Actually, I encourage people to use hashtag Unify Ukraine. Everybody, that was Adrian Kubicki, the Council General of Poland in New York. This is Freedom on Deck. You don't care about how I feel. I
Welcome back to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now. One of our great all-times on the line right now, author of Civilization Jihad, The Myth of Moderate Islam, host of the Sutliffian Report on Blog Talk Radio, our good friend, Mr. Paul Sutliff. I wanted to talk a little bit about some things that have been happening in Denmark. You sent me a few articles about an individual who's been hosting uh, some book burning, which has consisted of a, a particular book that we f- we find offensive and, and it's uh it's known as the quran and this has really caught some attention uh through the media outlets especially in the uk not as much over here i haven't seen it over here really being talked about tell us what's going on in, in this uh paul paul who is this individual that's burning the quran and why is it sparking so much outrage well paladin Ras- uh, rasmussen paladin is uh Rasmus Paladin. I think it's Rasmussen um, Paladin. I've met him and talked with him, uh, Rasmus Paladin. I still think they spell it wrong, but this is – you'll see him in um, Northern Europe burning Qurans. In Denmark, he's well-known for it. In Sweden, he does this. And if it was up to him, he'd burn a a Quran in every country. Um, He'd burn all the Qurans, I think. And, you know, I – I understand what his purpose is um, because he, you know, we've, we've met and we've talked and he, he believes that this is the way to get Denmark and Sweden free uh, to get them their freedom of speech. Now, uh, not too long ago, uh, there was a filmmaker who was executed by a jihadi for violating uh, Islam's belief about apostasy well, or blasphemy. They think they can kill anyone. And so Paladin's, Rasmussen's, uh, Rasmussen Paladin's response is, let's burn the Quran to let everybody know that their concept of freedom of speech does not exist. Uh, and that that's his purpose. He, so he wants people to know. It's not to inflame the Muslims. That's not his goal here. It's to let them know what the Muslim response is. So if you burn their Quran, they want to kill you. Uh, you do, you're not allowed to have freedom of speech under their belief structure. And that's his goal. He wants everybody to know that. But um, it's, you know, it's funny because I'm looking at articles where this is getting shared out and where people are getting upset. So he did this recently. He does this probably a couple times a week. Um, and this last time he did it outside a Danish mosque. And there's an article in nationalnews.com that you can find by Nikki Harley. And this came out today, actually. Um, it says a far right extremist sparked fresh anger on Friday when he, which is today, he burnt a, a copy of the Quran outside a mosque in Denmark, streaming his stunt live on Facebook. Loud music blared from inside the mosque in Copenhagen as an anti Islamist activist, Rasmus Paladin, spoke outside in an Apparent attempt to drown out his words. The mosque has no place in Denmark. Well, that's not exactly true, an attempt to drown out his words, because in so this is where she this person isn't reporting correctly. Okay. Okay. That's that's you know, this is you know, Islamicizing the you know, making it pretty for see the mosque has a right to the speaker mm-hmm. and they blare out their their prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody in the entire community, whether they want to hear the Islamic prayer or not. Has to hear it. Yeah. And so they're saying it's drowning out his words. Well, you know, that's why <laughs> they're not talking about that. So their their freedom of speech trumps his is what, again, this is part of his message. You know, that's how they they don't think she's, ma- she's making the right. argument for him, isn't she? Well, she doesn't. Yeah, she's actually proving his point by yes. by changing the, the words, and and that's sad. Again, this is a journalist for the National News, um, and it's and it's on 
you, you'll see it on, and it's no, no surprise it's out of the UK. <laughs> but yeah, don't tell the whole truth. Tell a piece of the truth and, you know, get the propaganda out there. But that's okay because you're in the UK and you don't want everybody to know the truth. And just so everybody knows, um, and, and uh, Paul Sutcliffe comes on with us on a monthly basis, sometimes more. Paul, you told me before we were recording, you're not a huge fan of his. He's a self-promoter. It's not the message that he's putting out there. It's more of who the content of the character is. So you're not lining up to protect this guy. But at the same time, when it's not being reported in the right way, we need to do that. Yeah. Well, my my biggest thing is, you, you know, part of the reason why this is getting everybody upset in Pakistan and uh, all over the, you know, all over the Islamic world mm-hmm. um, is because of the concept of burning of the Quran. Well, the funny thing is the be- in the beginning of of Islam, you know who burned the Qurans? All of the Qurans except one. All of the Qurans except the ones he distributed. The That's Uthman. Let me read this to you. This is uh narrated this is a hadith from ba- from Bukhari. It's 4987. Uh Hadifa bin al-Yaman came to Uthman at the t- time when the people of Sham and the people of Iraq were waging war to conquer Armenia. And Adajan, Hudaifa was afraid of their um, differences in the reaction of the Quran. So he said to Uthman, O chief of the believers, save this nation before they differ about the Quran as Jews and the Christians did before. So Uthman sent a message to Hafsa saying, send us the manuscripts of the Quran so that we can compile the Quranic materials in perfect copies and return the manuscripts to you. Hafsa said it to Uthman. Uthman then ordered Zayd ibn Thabit, um, Abdullah bin Abzar, anyway, it goes on and says all these names, to rewrite the manuscript in perfect copies. Uthman said to the three Qurayshi men, in case you disagree with Zayd bin Thabit on any point in the Quran, then write it in the dialect of the Quraysh. The Quran was revealed in their tongue. They did so, and when they had written many copies, Uthman returned the original manuscripts to Hafsa. Uthman then sent to every Muslim province one copy of what they had copied and ordered that all the others, whether written in fragmentary copies or whole, be burnt. Hmm. We now know there's about 38 different copies of the Quran. So we can we can say that history records... Muslims burning the Quran when there's more than one unified copy. So, <laughs> is you know, is, Islamically, this could be the correct action to do. <laughs> but um, this is, you know, this knowledge that I'm talking about, this. Nobody, this nobody knows about it. Well, no, I wouldn't say nobody knows about it. I'd say Islam requires ignorance of the believers. Um, and you find this out by reading Sharia. You don't find it out by reading the Quran. I mean, their their concept of of good followers is being submissive. Mm-hmm. It's it's doing what you're told. It's not being knowledgeable, and that's the scary difference between. And, and this is why you'll have what, what we call devout followers are those who are those who really dig in and get to know what the words what their words say. Then you get people like. Uh, uh, <laughs> Bin Laden, you get the people who are jihadis, you know, and this is where you discover that more. And where do you find these jihadis? They tend to be more educated in general. And that's because they actually read the Quran, the Hadith. And those are the devout followers who actually learn these things. Now, if they would be able to tell you this is burning the Quran, they wouldn't get upset. They'd say, "Okay, Uthman did it. They might. The only thing they would get upset about is that it. It's a it, it's a stand against Islam. That would make them upset. Not that they burned the Quran. And isn't it? The, this, isn't this kind of the same as uh, depicting the prophet or a, a cartoon and all that? You know, kind of like what happened in Europe when it was. Um, I can't well, think again. Uh, that's that's another thing. The funny thing is, in <laughs> the Shiites have no problem with images of Muhammad. Okay. So this stuff is, you know, a lot of this stuff is made up or they, this, it's, it's not knowing your history. Is it Westernized? Is this something that, because this is where we hear this stuff from where, you know, like when they attacked the writers for Charlie Hebdo and went out on that uh, murderous spree and those people were executed, you know, that was all based in the UK, wasn't it? 
And this is why, again, I tell people, don't burn the Quran. Read it, because if you those who read the Quran will never have you know, they'll know what Islam is about. Right. And those who are followers of Muhammad or followers of Islam and want to spout all this stuff if they actually read it. Now, here's the thing. The Muslims are told not to read it unless they read Arabic. I tell you, go read it in your own language. Contact Usama Dakdak if you want an exact copy in English. Uh, you can go through the Straight Way of Grace Ministry and you and you can get an exact copy. Read that and you'll see how badly it's written. You'll probably leave Islam. Go and, and find these things. It's out there. This is the reason I say don't burn them. Paul, tell everybody where they can go and check you out. Well, go to uh, Amazon and you can find out, uh, you can type in Paul Sutliff and you can find my latest book, The Cancer Civilization Jihad, or you can go to paulsutliff.blogspot.com. And the other place is I have a YouTube channel, uh, The Sutliffian Report. God bless, Paul. Everybody, that was Paul Sutliff, host of The Sutliffian Report. Don't go anywhere. There's more Freedom on Deck on the way. Can't get you off or out of my, can't get you off or out of my. Can't get you off or out of my head Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. I did want to mention before we really go any further, uh, for those of you who go to freedomondeck.com, it has changed. The domain name has changed. We're figuring it out. Right now, you just leave the M off and it takes you to our site. We're just in between some things. We will tell you next week what's going on. We'll have a better idea at that point. Um, but don't worry about it. If you go on our Facebook, on our Twitter, I'll have it linked right there. So it'll take the you right M at the, the end, the not the M in the middle, see. the M at the end. It's freedom on deck. Yeah. Co. Yeah. That, that we're, uh, we're, a we're figuring it out. We'll get so. the, we'll get the dot com back. Don't worry. We'll, we'll straighten it out. All right. So guys, we were talking and it's kind of funny because in between segments, CV said, it's exactly how we talked about it would be. And it sort of is in a way. All right. So, San Francisco court officials announced late on Thursday they were releasing the Pelosi attack video Friday morning. Friday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern, the court released footage to reporters. It made its way on social media, of course, a San Francisco judge on Wednesday granted a motion to release the SFPD body cam footage of Paul Pelosi's attack and other evidence sought by coalition of news organizers. The coalition includes the Associated Press, New York Slimes, the Washington Compost, the Los Angeles Slimes, and the San Francisco Chronics Culls, the Press Democrat, CNN, Fox News, CBS, ABC, NBC, and all the CDs in between. Uh, Pelosi opened the door and looked calm, holding the hammer and holding a drink in his underwear. Pelosi did not scream for help and did not run from the house. We have the video here. We watch the video. Brian watched the video. I watched the video. CV watched the video. So before we start talking about all the talking ads and what they said about the video, I want to come straight to the horse's caboose. <laughs> Brian, what did you think about this uh, Paul Pelosi footage that was leaked and sent out and put out by the uh, judge and put out by the media? I don't know. When you look at the, I mean, I know it's, it, you know, most people are going to uh, get up in arms when I say this, but it looks staged. <laughs> it looks staged, man. I mean, the pol- the police go up, they knock on the door. You know, they ca- he casually kind of turns around. You can see his partner there. Door door opens up. He turns around, and they're standing there, both with a hand on the on the on the hammer. And Paul Pelosi has a drink in his hand. So who opened the door? So so the, so the guy had to have opened the door because Pelosi's got a drink in his hand, holding the hammer in his other hand. And it's like, who opens the door like that? You're struggling over a hammer, and it's like, and it's like, wait, time out. We got to get the door. Somebody knocked on the door. You know what I mean? It's it's like who does that? It's so it's stupid. I was like, I don't it, know. You know, I was thinking the same thing, CV, because when when it first all happened, we all said it was a struggle, and we all have said before. I know I have that Paul Pelosi's sexual alignment is 
uh, unscrupulous at best. We can all determine that Paul Pelosi is a strange cat. Anyone would have to be strange to be married to Nancy Pelosi for more than 10 minutes, let alone more than 20 to 30 years. But Brian's right. They both answered the door. It didn't seem like there was a uh, much of a skirmish going on. It They actually looked pretty calm. So what the hell was this? I heard a theory a long time ago that there might be a third person who opened the door. Now I can see why. Because as Brian yeah. pointed out correctly, uh, Paul Pelosi had a drink in his left hand and he yes. was holding the, the man's hammer away from him. Like they both had their hand on the same hammer because the guy was trying to hit him on the head with a hammer. So he was trying to hold... He was trying to hold the hammer... Wait, wait, wait. He was trying to hold the hammer so that he doesn't get hit by it. And he's holding a drink in his other hand. So who opened the door? So there must have been a third man. That's correct. But as soon as Paul let go of the hammer, the fat man swung way over his head and whacked him right on the head. That came down really hard. I'm sure that broke his skull in several pieces. And they had to uh, put him back together like Humpty Dumpty. And I'm surprised he's not in a coma to this day. Because that thing came down hard on his head. It probably put a hole right into his brain. He probably has brain damage. And then uh, and then Nancy Pelosi had the house exercised. She had, she had a priest come over there. But it's okay. She, no way. She wasn't there at the time, so she's all right. <laughs> the whole thing just... You know, the, the weird part was... Rem, remember when they when they when we first heard about it... And it, it just didn't make any sense from the very get. They were saying somebody broke into or broke into his house. Meanwhile, the glass was clearly showing that the, the break came from inside the house. And then there was no body cam footage. But then they release it finally after all this time. But yeah. the security well, cameras yeah. at the compound were off for the third most important person that was working in the United States government. None of right. that makes any sense whatsoever. And it certainly looks like like um, the video that was that was put out there, it still has a million question marks around it. Well, you know, one of the one of the news I, I forget whether it was NBC or CBS. One of them um, was you, you reported on it when it broke. You know, and they're saying that oh, he hit the bat, he hit the glass on the door sixteen times. So how they know if the if the if the you know, if the footage of uh, the secure, if the security footage didn't catch that, then how they know that he hit it right. sixteen times, and then he hit the, he hit it sixteen times. No, you're telling me. Listen, this is Nancy Pelosi's house. You know she has some 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 illegal uh, immigrant. Uh, you know, housekeepers and 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 cleaning ladies and stuff in her house, just like Absolutely. all the, it's just like all the great people down in the Hamptons do, yeah. you know. And it's like, you know, she's she's an elite. She's one of the elite. She doesn't clean her own house. She's got people and a staff and a wait staff and of everything course. else that that are in that house. You're telling me that nobody in that home heard? Uh, imagine hitting a glass sixteen times in order to, and and that doesn't make any sense either. You're telling me it took 16 wax with a hammer at a pane of glass to break it? I mean, what are we talking about? Bull are we talking about bulletproof? Maybe Nancy Pelosi was paying the man to knock off her husband. That's what I'm saying. Are we talking about bulletproof glass here or something that, that, that it took, you know, it's like safety glass or reinforced glass? It, it just doesn't make sense. If Nobody she, heard and anything. And if she had reinforced glass, that would make more sense if it wasn't so damn... It riddled with questions. The story itself shows me that Paul Pelosi had a lover in his house. They had a quarrel. Something got down. They and they hit everything. Just like they always are able to. It's just like CV says. They can do whatever the hell they want, and they can turn it into yeah. whatever the hell they want yeah. to turn it into because they right, got the media they in their the back media. pocket. They right. own the no, media with the Chinese. The maybe, maybe. Maybe Nancy Pelosi was hiring the guy to knock off her husband. After all, he was a troublemaker. Just like a month oh. prior to that, he was uh, he was arrested Wouldn't for DWI, be? and uh, and who was in the car with him at the time? Probably young another young lover, another young lover of sorts. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this though. The issue here for me is the fact that the media gets away with this stuff. That's I, listen. I could care less about Paul Pelosi. I. 
obviously the man is into having extramarital affairs with younger men, okay? Uh, that most Democrat males do the same thing that Paul Pelosi does. Matt Schlapp? Are, are in, yeah, they're either, into, uh, they're either into younger men or they're into pedophilia. Or they're into being uh, married to drunkards like Nancy Pelosi. But the fact yep. of the matter is, what, what is so disturbing about all this, Brian, is that you never get a straight story and, and they get upset. Oh, you're throwing around conspiracy theories because that's what you do. No, listen, first of all, we throw things around because we don't trust you. <laughs> right. That's right. it. How, how much more explaining do we need to do? Everybody talks about volume back and forth like we did CV on the past show with uh, with um, Diamond. Yeah. We're talking about her passing. And, Pete, and somebody actually said to me on feed, well, you guys are going with the conspiracy stuff and volume things back and forth. Who am I supposed to trust? Come well, on. and what's and what's conspiracy about it? We know we know that she took the that we we know that she took the vaccine. We know that. I, I didn't hear that. Yes, she did because even Silk, when she was talking about her, she was talking about the fact that she died suddenly and that somebody needs to investigate this stuff and yada yada yada. You, know, uh -huh. you she didn't say. But you got to read between the lines. You, yes. you, you listen. You don't it. have to be stupid. We have we have pro athletes, twenty five year old pro uh, athletes dropping dead. We got. Hey guys, listen. There's twenty seconds. I shouldn't have thrown that out there. We'll do that next week. We'll talk. I, I actually want to talk about. It. No, I want to do that. I next went week all over that on the last podcast. I know, I know. We went all over that. I didn't know that, that Silk had said anything like that, though, so I'm going to have to look more into it. She did. We'll be back with you guys next week. Same Freedom Time, same Freedom Station here with Freedom on Deck. God bless America.